The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Uh, check out the final that cut that you had. Did you did you talk about that on Monday? I haven't got to listen to the Monday locker room yet. Um. Huh. Uh, we talked about all kinds of shit on Monday. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, well, I'd seen you know you you did a good job filling in for me because you had the you had the head nod down because you don't get to talk a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. So so I've always said you know like on Mondays I don't podcast I nod cast. Yes. So fucking. You, you have to, you, your your whole selling thing is is make sure that you have some kind of visual going on in all of those audio clips that are going out because like only like less than one percent your voice will be heard in there. Right, rightfully so. I mean, no one's no one's tuning in there. No one's paying to hear us talk, right? Except for the fine listeners here on the Hitting the Mark podcast, a more sophisticated podcast listener, especially when you're on with Stevie and Ben. This is your United States of America. This is Hitting the Marks, a podcast that's got topics for days, and it'll leave you in a haze. Hosted by two mother that like to talk about everything. News, sports, politics, pro wrestling, people jumping off buildings, taco shops, top ten lists, and more. It's got one guy who likes to get high on a lot of grass, and the other guy who got shot in the ass. And now, here's your host of the Hitting the Marks podcast, Jargo and R. Thanks, MSG. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Hitting the Marks podcast with Jargo and RBV right here at the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, Hameen Media Group, two feeds, hackerhameen.podbean.com, hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. I am the aforementioned Dr. Jargo. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend. I think he's wearing gray today. That must mean he's a Bears fan. He's the real... RBV, Rick. Welcome back to your show. Bears fan, uh, gray. Uh, well, it's because they're always feeling gray. Gray, gray skies ahead for Chicago. Yeah, they're just so fucking sad that they just walk around in gray all the time. I, I could see that there. Uh, but yes, Jargo, the art of the beat of the V. Richard Bronson Vickery back again. It's been a hot minute since I've been in, in, on any of these platforms here. I, I hope that I'm not too, uh, that the ring rust hasn't settled in. Uh, but looking forward to getting back on track, getting back to business here with you, the good doctor, Hitting Marks Podcast. Of course, typically this show, I like to think of it as media deconstruction. Uh, that's typically what we do here at HTM. But this week is a little bit different because uh, last week I had written out this entire show and I sent Rick like this massive run. And I think there was like 30 different audio clips that I had planned on running for the show, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, rewiring the entire studio, trying to make everything work. And then we didn't end up doing the show. So, and you know, Rick, it's crazy. I think in like three and a half years, this might be the first time that we ever said we were going to do a show and then no show came out. Um, so 
today, I didn't write anything. I didn't write a goddamn thing. Figured that we just kind of, let's just shoot it, see where things go. Um, but of course, we've got to start things off with the weekend update, uh, which is actually going to be the week and a half update brought to you by our friends over at justcbdstore.com. Enter our promo code HTM, get 20% off in the finest in vape and edible products. Um, it's been a crazy freaking week, man. And I, I've had several people ask me, what the hell's going on with Rick? And my response has basically been, um, it's not my place to say, you know? So I, I, I had a couple people I talked to and they may have told a couple other people, but Rick, I, I figured I'd kind of give you the floor here and, uh, whatever you want to tell people cool and whatever you don't want to tell people that's cool too, because you know, HIPAA privacy and shit. Absolutely. Uh, that is a good reminder as I do got to pop my pills here while we're doing the show, but yeah, absolutely. Last week, uh, last midweek Thursday, correct? Thursday evening is when I called you, uh, to kind of let, let the boys on the platform know where the hell I was. And I don't know if that's how, how strange of the situation was with everything going on. My first thought was to try to get a hold of someone at HFG. And of course you're my first thought, uh, my brother in arms states away, but, but still just the, uh, a phone call away, but yeah, I had a, a little bit of a scare there. Not, not to go into too much, not looking for the sympathy issues and all of that, but it had a, a major spike with some blood pressure, uh, that brought on what I believe at the time was either a stroke or a heart attack. And it, it was kind of scary time. It, it was, uh, I started just kind of feeling nauseous, uh, numbness kind of all over my body. Then it went to, it really felt like I had been pushed into a swimming pool or a complete bucket of water had been dumped there. And I, that was just how much I was just perspiring, the sweat just coming down off of me. And at that point, the numbness really settles in as you really start feeling that tingling in both your arms. My legs give, when I didn't completely topple over, I was able to kind of get down, you know, hit my knees in a crunch position. Uh, then just completely toppled over. Very scary moment there. Uh, but again, a, a major, you know, blood pressure issue, a huge spike there. Got me on some good meds, uh, talking to some physicians, some different things like that. So it might be a slight change out there. You might notice a little bit of change in the presentation and the stylings of hashtag RBV fitness. Uh, a little bit more, a little bit more exercise there. But I, I really want to speak to, as you had mentioned, you know, people asking, you know, what's up with Rick? What's going on? I, I really want to thank those that reached out to me uh, to make sure that I was doing OK, that it continued to be there for me as I was getting my rest here. And you know me, I, I hate to sit I, still, I can't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly somewhere on the go. So I took those couple days, uh, but yeah, well, I mean, I was back to, you know, I took a, a week off from podcasting, kind of took a week off from a lot of my responsibilities with the HMG, ready to get back to those. I was back in the tower this past Sunday calling, calling some drag racing action. So just looking forward to uh, moving forward with a, with all of those good things in life with a little bit better. You know, it, it's kind of crazy because with all the issues that you've had over the course of the last week, and then this morning, um, Carly and I got our pre-approval for, uh, as you heard on the Monday Locker Room, if you listened over at hackerhameen.podbean.com, we're, we're kind of in the housing market, got the pre-approval to go through this morning. So now we can actually walk around with our realtor, and if we find a place that we like, we can be like, hey, 
we like this place and not have the place bought out from underneath of us, literally, while we're touring the place. But between your issues and, and the shit that I'm dealing with, it's just like, fuck, when did we grow up, dude? Like, I, I know our birthday is coming up and we're going to be the answer to everything. But, you know, that's 42 for those of you who don't know. Or as I like to say, 27 with 15 years experience. Um, when the hell did this happen, man? Like, when did we become like grownups that are like, you know, buying houses and having health issues? And it, it's, it's fucking insane. Like, it, at a certain point, I'm like, not only do we become our parents, I feel like I'm becoming my grandparents. Absolutely, man. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret out there. Those that have listened to any of the shows that I'm on and you get to know me over these years, I run pretty damn hard. I, I push, 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 push myself. Uh, if it's professionally, if it's personally, I, I'm always got in, I'm always into something. Uh, and it's, it's one of those harsh realizations. It's, you know, from, from my perspective here, you know, it's, it, it's time to really pull that back on that and kind of slow things down and kind of look around, I guess, and enjoy it a little bit more from you, Jargo. I know it's going from, you know, your life that was out there on the road to, you know, now just, you know, coming home, relaxing, enjoying whatever kind of genre, you know, if it's from your anime or, you know, wrestling or music, whatever that case might be. And now you're going to be uh, out there cutting grass, right? Like I- you're going to be shoveling the driveway. You're going to be, you know, fixing the, the plumbing. <laughs> I was talking with the loan officer this morning and while he's like doing paperwork and so we're just kind of bullshitting a little bit. And I was like, you know, I got to admit, I never thought I'd be doing this. Like, I, I, it's never even been on my radar to actually purchase a home. I've, I've been completely content with being a renter my entire adult life. And so, something breaks, you call the landlord. Right. Like, Make no a problem. phone call. No I'm sweat. Fix this. Let me get my toolbox. <laughs> There's a cell phone in there. Just absolutely freaking insane. So as we're looking at, you know, the, the new and improved RBV, for, for lack of better terminology, what what's going to be different? What what are we going to be doing differently? Like what, what, what did the doctors tell you to just, dude, you need to chill the fuck out. Or is it like, essentially? Yes, it, it is. Uh, and, and it's, and a lot of it is not so much inside of, you know, where I have to completely do this like 180, you know, cut back on the red meats, things like that. You, you know, we look more towards, you know, the vegetable options. So I don't uh, have to like completely get rid of those, you know, those those, those deep fried goodies that, that I love so much. Uh, but, you know, there was, on average, I was, I was discussing this with them and we're looking actually through the diet. And I bet you just because they're so convenient and, and I do enjoy them but I probably eat chicken wings four to five times a week because when you're out and about, they're everywhere and it's something right. real, you know, it's, it's hard to, to fuck up a chicken wing. You deep fry it, you sauce it, you eat it yeah. and they're everywhere. So if you're out and about and you just want something quick, get six wings, get 10 wings. And I was even looking back, you know, just, I think it was like a year ago, I went like two weeks where all I ate was chicken wings because it was available. It was there. When I was working at Guitar Center and, and going on and off the road, my old roommate used to laugh at me because she'd be like, Dude, you can live off of Tombstone Pizza. And I was like, I know I've been proving this for like five fucking years. 
You know what I mean? Where it was just because it was quick. It was easy. I could get it in, get it out and be back on the road within 30 fucking minutes. Well, when I was at Babes, you know, working all those years, we had tombstones. So that's I would have a tombstone every day. Yeah. You pop it right into pizza oven. You got a different varieties. It's it's easy to go. It's clean. You clean to eat. You throw it away. You're on you're on the run there. And, you know, I guess as we're talking about health issues, it's, you know, I, I really have been struggling with it too because I have an autoimmune disorder where I deal with a, a severe case of psoriasis. And, and that doesn't help. And that's not helping to it at all. So and what that does to, when it comes to any health issues, if it's colds, things like that, which is, you know, which was a major scare with this COVID because I was very susceptible to it. And, and now even with these vaccinations, they don't know what that's going to do to someone in, in my type of condition. You know, they're all over the map of what sort of backlash or, you know, if it's going to be effective at all, if it's going to make you ultra sick, could it cause, you know, more perplexing pop problems down the road. But a lot of that inside of that is in what with psoriasis, they don't really know what brings that on. And, and in my case, and a lot of people develop it later in life, and the reasoning behind that is, is it's usually dormant in your body, and you're more active when you're young. So as you're, as you're just, as your system is keeping up at that pace, is continuing to, you know, to generate as it will, it, it keeps that dormant. And I can almost, I mean, you, it parallels when I left my day job, where I was outside, I, I had a good spot. I was, I was split. I was office and I was outside. So I could go in and out. I could get that activity or I could go sit at the desk if I had to. So I had that good balance. When I left that world and I went to bartending. So now I'm not doing, I'm not out. I'm not even out there in the day. I'm inside at night. So now in at night, I kind of move away at that time when I was heavily involved in, in softball. I was playing at a very highly competitive level. So I move away from that. So I got rid, I got away from all that activity and my system started to shut down. So it, it's going to be a, a case of trying to find that balance of try to find some activity. Uh, and you know what, going back, I mean, I, I could have been collegiate level, if I didn't have certain things going on in my life at that time. I was very, I was good at running. I was great at track, but I'm not one of those people that's ever like, I, I just happen to be good at it. But you know, there's some people like, Oh, I just love to go run. I have no pleasure in that. I have no joy. I don't see how people get by with that. Uh, but I do have here, I can show you here, but this little, this little thing is going to be coming in handy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The good old the, exercise the old bike. bike. You bet. Yep. You know, it, it, it's weird because of course I've kind of went on a bit of a fitness kick. Um, I don't go nearly as overboard as I think some people do. Um, but my biggest thing is, I just sit in the fucking chair all day. Like at work, that's all I do. I just sit in a chair. I'm, I'm working at a desk and I have to, I've gotten to the point to where I actually have to physically force myself to do really any kind of exercise over the course of this year already. I've lost 13 pounds and that 13 pounds is attributed entirely to one purchase this fucking Apple watch that I got at Christmas is the best thing in the world that has ever happened to my health. If for no other reason, it yells at me if I don't get up and move around at least for a minute every hour. It like literally like just starts beeping and gives me hell. 
And I think, you know, that's what's kind of crazy. And both of our jobs, especially, I mean, yours, because it's at night. You're in, I mean, it's outside of the glow of those monitors. I mean, you're in that dark room with the buzz. And then, you know, and then working that third shift, it's hard for you because where do you find that time to work out? Because, you know, when the sun lights up and you can get out and do anything, you're sleeping. Right. That's when you're recharging your batteries. And the little bit of time that you are up, you got to spend that with the family. Right. Or wanting to do different activities. But even but even through the night, though, to cut you up there, but as Beast talks about it, and, you know, Dr. McNaylor, you know, it, it's of the utmost importance to make sure you're getting up getting circulation, moving around. I do the same thing. And now in my profession here, we're both sitting in front of these microphones. We're, yep. we're designing, we're sitting in front of monitors. And before you know it, you've had a 10 to 12 hour day and you might've just gotten up to use the bathroom, maybe a smoke break real quick and your ass is right back in that seat. Yeah. And it's insane. You know, it, it's just, it, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, the other thing is, you know, it, it counts all my calories for me. It counts my steps for me. It knows when I'm doing any kind of working out. You know, it requires you to get so many workouts for, throughout the course of the week to earn this. Now, hold on. This is coming from the guy that makes us use Skype because he doesn't trust the Chinese and Zoom. Well, the Chinese, man. Don't, don't even get me started on the fucking Chinese. I mean, at some point, I do want to talk about uh, what, what's going on at the border, but uh, we ain't got enough time. Time to get into the Chinese, my God. But Apple Watch, Fitbit, whatever, you know, whatever actually helps you, whatever motivates you. Uh, it, motivation is really what it comes down to, man. I, I, I finished last night this wonderful book that I, if I could make every single person that I know read one book, it would be this book, and it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It's fantastic. And is, it, is that written by Ben Hami? It should have been written. It, a lot of the principles, very, very similar. But what, one of the things that he talks about in there is the way that we, we look at motivation, right? Because we, we think that the process goes inspiration, motivation, action. And that's not necessarily the case. It actually goes action, reaction, inspiration, motivation. If you're looking for inspiration, if you're looking for motivation to do anything, the first thing is you have to do something. Like how many times I, I sat down, I redesigned the hackerhameen.podbean.com here a week and a half ago, right? I went in there to change just a couple of things on the website. I took action. You start one thing and then guess what? You get inspired. You get motivated to do more shit. Like that's the key. You have to, it's that first step and you have to take the first step before you can, you can plan five, 10 moves ahead until you take the first step. It's completely irrelevant. Uh, absolutely. And, and you know, as you're talking about, you know, you, you're finding kind of that, that guiding light, the uh, a little bit of pushing you in that direction through the Apple Watch, I tell you what is absolutely tremendous. If you want more of a personal touch, we have that inside the Hameen Media Group, uh, especially with Stevie Richards Fitness and going over to that group. And, it, you know, if it's using his program, or, you know, using the bands, preferably, yeah, because it's, it's going to be more hands-on. But anybody there that's looking for something, I know we so many of our, our great friends are looking to make that jump if it's to lose weight. You know, just to maintain a better lifestyle or feel better about themselves, whatever the case might be, 
It doesn't even got to be health-wise. Like you said, it might be something mental. Uh, just a, a goal, a plateau you want to get to in life. Uh, that's what's so strong about our network, our platform, which I've really makes us stand out when we're looking in comparison to, you know, you look at those those other platforms with those huge followings. You don't have that connection that you have with the with the Hami Media Group. The, the thing that stood out to me once again over the course of this past week was Huckleberry goes down. I make one phone call to Ben Hameen. And it's like, okay, that's that. Okay, here's the issue. And the issue is solved. And I mean, suddenly we've got Stevie Richards is like, tell Rick to get a hold of me. We'll, we'll figure out this exercise routine. I'm filling in on the Monday locker room. Everybody's throwing in on the two man power trip. Stevie even came over, did the Monday locker room with me and Hameen. It's just like, okay, next man up. Let's go. What do we got to do to take care of our boy and just cover shit? And it was the same thing when Lindsay had her fire last summer. You know, it's like, this is the shit that I'm dealing with. And immediately the Hamid media group is just like, okay, we got your shit. Like no fucking problem. And it's crazy, man, because half these people help more than half 98% of these people. We've never even met in real life. And even, and even those that have, it's only been a handful of times. You, you and me yeah. once. Right. It's insane to me. The brotherhood that exists here inside of Hami Media. So a shout out to every one of those guys. Um, it, it's just crazy to me. And I, I was actually on Vito's show this weekend. We were talking about relationships, right? And and especially in this time of the pandemic, like, you know, friends feel like more distant than ever. Families feel more distant than ever. What's the key to, you know, maintaining these friendships and whatnot. And it's crazy that like, when I think about it, most of my close friends, I have never met. I probably will never meet, but I go to them before I go to my quote unquote real friends, because I know the homie media guys, they always got my back. Absolutely. And you know, and in the extended too, with, you know, the other individuals we have here on the hitting the marks platform and beyond that. And it's one, of, it's one of those other bases as well where you continually hear because people want to harp on that negativity of oh, social media is so terrible. It, it's so evil. None of it. We wouldn't be sitting here having this great conversation. We wouldn't have friends around the world. We would regularly be talking to people in the UK, Australia, uh, hell, even a couple states away like we are. Right. Never would have known we existed ever. If, if not for you know social media and utilizing platforms and the outlets and the connections that you can potentially make here. And, and as we're talking, it's just not about the personalities. You know, it's, it's the people that are just involved inside of the communities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the listeners are just as important as the personalities. It's just, it, it's absolutely crazy to me like this insane little cyber family that we've kind of built inside of, you know, the last three, four years, just absolutely crazy to me. Incredible stuff. So, I mean, it's about how you utilize it. So I, and I, I do want to say, you know, out there, you know, if at any point, any time, uh, Jargo's, he's professionally, he's more professionally trained into this thing, but anything I can ever do if, you know, just to, to reach out to me, hell, if you, if you want to have a, a sit down and have, a cyber beer and just shoot the shit where I feel in my comfort zone about anything like that, more than happy to, to be there for anybody. And, and, and I think about, you know, the interaction there probably stands out here as I'm kind of 
scrolling through Facebook as we're talking here, is our two favorite little twins. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, the super twins. It's crazy. Shout out to Sarah. Um, Rick, we, we haven't talked a whole lot over the course of the last couple of weeks because every time I get a hold of you, I'm like, what's she up to? And you're like relaxing. And I'm like, okay, well, the last thing I want to do is bother him while he's relaxing. But there, there has been an awful lot going on inside of the media. And probably the biggest story that we haven't really talked about is what's happening down at the United States southern border. Um, and it is the thing that just baffles me about this is what everybody is talking about is the language. Like, oh, we, why won't they say it's a crisis? It's not, it's the Biden administration saying there's no crisis at the border. And then the Biden administration comes back and calls it, it's a challenge. And now we've got, you know, FEMA down there. And with FEMA being there, by its very definition, it has to be an emergency. It's just, it's fucking insane. Like, we're worried about the words. Like, nobody really gives a shit what's going on down there. I mean, the, the Secretary of Defense literally went to Afghanistan to meet with their officials to, to talk about securing the Afghanistan border, but the Biden administration couldn't be bothered to go to our own southern border. Now, President Biden, at least I think President Biden, is now sending President Harris, as he likes to keep calling her. She's going to be the one in charge of what's going on at the southern border. I can hear her fucking cackle in my goddamn head right now. Uh, I mean, this is all just fucking insane to me. Just watching the way that the media is even covering this thing because they care more about what word do we call it than what is actually going on. Well, what you're getting here is it almost, as you're laying out there, Chargo, you know, to me going into this thing, I I knew you were going to, you were going to kick off with this thing after the weekend update. And you're right. We got breaking news today with the press conference that, that Vice President, Pre- whatever, Kamala, she's going to be heading this thing up. Like this is five times this baby. week. Five times this week I've heard Joe Biden call her yes. President Harris. Well, anyway, the, the El Presidente 2.0, whatever you, you <laughs> might want to call it, might want to call her. She is. Oh, I got a lot of things I'd like to call Kamala her, Harris. Her, her, her attention right now. Now, what I find very, very peculiar here, you know, is inside of this announcement, he's putting her over. This is going to be one of, you know, her crowning achievements. She is perfect for this thing. She headed up one of the, you know, the largest district attorney offices. She, she's battled all of this. She, she's showed compassion. She is going to take this thing by the reins and she is going to settle this thing down. What, I, what gets me is, you know, you go back to their campaign promises. What they're talking about is they are welcoming. They are encouraging individuals to make their way towards the border. They are allowed into the country. They are, they are embracing them, inviting them, immediately pulling a 180 at this point here. They, they have changed their, their game plan because I think they've gotten them so they're in over their heads. I mean, because you look at the housing. Oh, here. clearly. I mean, you go to Southern California right now. I mean, they are converting all these gymnasiums now just trying to house these children. And you've got, I don't give a fuck, Cruz is calling everything out down there right now. He's taken he's taken them to task, but but what but now what they're doing, what the Biden administration is doing, they're reverting back and they're saying, stay where you are. We are going to push through some emergency funds 
so that we can send those to those countries, to those places to improve those living conditions. So they're reverting back to really the Obama game plan of let's fix the mistake at the core there where they live outside of our countries in the hopes that they won't want to make their way here. But you cannot buy off crooked politicians. That's the problem it, with, with that entire line of think, oh, well, we'll just send more federal aid there. Well, m- number one, we need the federal aid in this fucking country in case you've missed that memo. And, and number two, you can't buy off the fucking crime lords down there. Then they just want more money. There's a reason that we don't negotiate with terrorists. This is exactly why we don't negotiate with terrorists. Well, even in that, I mean, you get down there, you can send all the funds you want there. And they're not going to allow you to allocate where those funds, where that spending no. is going. That is going to go directly into those crime lords' pockets. That's what happened with Maduro. Yeah, so you're not improving any of the poverty situation down there. If anything, by just flow, you know, a cash flow, a heavy cash flow into that area, you're actually increasing the problem. Yeah. And, and now they're back to catch and release, you know, and, and um, I think it was uh, Judge Janine Pirro brought up on her show over the weekend. Number one, I hate her fucking show. Her show is just fucking awful, but I forced myself to watch it. Um, so Judge Janine brings up, you know, all these these migrants that are coming across the border that we're going to give these court dates to, assuming that we don't just let them go, which we found out has been happening down there. Who's paying for those attorneys? We are. The American taxpayer is paying for all of those attorneys. I mean, I, and that's the thing. Like, I keep hearing that the people on the right, well, you're against immigration. No, I'm not against immigration. I'm against illegal immigration. Why do we just leave that word illegal out of it? It drives me fucking nuts. I don't think I've ever heard anybody from, you know, from the right, from the middle, whatever your stance is, you know, that's opposing or addressing this situation. This crisis, this challenge, whatever it, whatever you, you can call terms. it, a fucking birthday party if you want right. to. It's a problem. Opening day, whatever the hell you want to call it, right? But I don't think anyone. I've never heard really anyone say, and I'm sure there's a few extremists out there. Yes, that we shouldn't let anybody in. Period. But I've never heard anyone with, that has a valid point and with any education say, no, close everything, don't let anyone in. It's you have to do it the right way in the way that it is laid out lawfully. And I keep hearing about immigration reform that now that they're going to try to tackle immigration reform and kind of along the same lines that we were talking about earlier about how you have to take the first step before you can take the 10th step. They're trying to jump directly to steps five through 10, because in my mind, If you're going to do any kind of immigration reform, step number one is secure the fucking border. Until you secure the border, immigration reform is fucking worthless. The the only time I want to hear the the term reform is when you're talking about education or you're talking about political party contributions. When, When it comes to things like 
immigration and gun control where that buzzword reform is being it is so exaggerated it's driven into the ground it is completely ridiculous in both cases with immigration and with gun control we don't need reform we need to enforce the actual laws that are already in place one of two things is true when it comes to gun control. Gun control, of course, a hot-button issue over the course of these last couple of days because of the big shooting in Colorado, 10 people dead. Um, one of two things is true in this situation. Either A, all the gun control in the world wouldn't have mattered because I do not believe that he got a hold of that gun legally because B... This guy had some serious mental health issues that everybody was aware of. Like and nobody wants to talk about that because that that is that's infringing on his rights and others' rights. If you want to approach that situation, but it's very well documented that this guy had some serious mental health issues, and I'm sorry, we can't be giving crazy crazy people guns. Like that, that's just not an option at this point. And there are laws in place that say crazy people can't have guns, right? So somehow he got around that if he purchased the gun legally, which I highly doubt to begin with. The situation out there is incredibly sad, but they, they have spiked another one of my pet peeves. Have you noticed that every time that some kind of a disaster happens inside of the state of Colorado, short of MSG moving there, they tell you exactly how far away it is from Columbine. Well, you know, going back to Columbine, you know, what we saw there. It was another... 22 years ago. I, I, I know, but, you know, that's what really triggered it, though. But let's look at the gun laws inside of Colorado, one of the strictest states because of that. Absolutely. That went to all these, you know, these absurd, I would say absurd, but, you know, these extensive lengths to try to make sure that nothing like this had ever happened again. And yet here we are. So it, it isn't about a lockdown of who is able to get a, a hold of a weapon. It's about the mentality of that individual. And if we can identify those problems on any level, yes, we should. I, I'll tell you what's absolutely driving me insane now is when we get into these gun issues here is the profiling attack on whites. Because now anytime they're going... They were calling going, this guy a white guy. He's Syrian. But when the reports first started coming out in the media, everywhere was reporting that he was a white guy. You have, you have the niece, you have family members of the vice president, Kamala Harris, going on social media immediately, chastising, villainizing the, an entire race. Now, this, go, this goes back to, there's all, you know, what goes in, I know people are going to say, you know, why is it okay here to, you know, to pick out whites? Yes, there is, a, when it comes to these mass shootings, I would think it is a fair assessment to, to kind of think that our prime suspect is likely white. Because you know why? Because it usually is a white individual. But you know what? When there's other crimes, when there's other things committed, in certain, even in certain areas where you have higher populations, it's okay to say, you know what? That's probably an African-American. That, that is, we're looking for them right now. We are keying in, which is likely Hispanic. That's where our, that's where our initial lead is. It's okay to profile. Profiling it can be a positive. Because like it or not, there are fucking differences between people. And, and people are going to live up to those expectations. Stereotypes exist for a reason. Normally because they're true. You know, like 
Sorry, that's ju that's just the reality of the situation. Normally, because they're true. Um, I, I did hear another story kind of along these same racial lines. Um, evidently, we need more Asians and Pacific Islanders in places of authority in Washington, D.C. Because, of course, you know, now there's this huge push on Asian racism, which I'm sorry, I am just not seeing. Uh, but they, they're trying to use that Atlanta shooting as an example of Asian racism when it was actually this guy just wanted to go and shoot up a bunch of sex parlors and they happened to be ran by Asians. That's kind of the way that I see that. Yeah. You know, if uh, if you happen to, you know, get mad at the uh, the dairy industry and you go shoot up a bunch of dairy farms, it's likely, I mean, are you targeting whites? Right. You know, I mean... Well, I, it's it's just gaslighting by the media. That's that's all it is. And I think everybody is really starting to recognize that. At least, my God, I hope so. But as I'm, I'm looking at this whole, like, push now, we have to get Pacific Islanders, Asians. Like, we have senators coming out and saying, I'm not going to vote for any more confirmations until we start getting some Asians and Pacific Islanders inside of the cabinet. And the Biden administration is like, okay, we'll start doing that. And it's like, wait, we're literally filling cabinet positions now based on making a diversity quota rather than, you know, merit and qualification. The most powerful positions in the fucking world, we got to fill the diversity quota? I mean, really? This is what we're reducing our fucking government to now. How, how do you how do you run your how do you run your country? The color wheel. Yeah, it's 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 fucking insane, man. Can we just we'll just we'll just change the name? We're not the U.S. anymore. We're Roy G. Biv. I just don't understand it. I don't understand what's going on in Washington, and they basically got the Republicans by the balls. But you know, as I'm, and I'm just I'm watching all of this, and on one hand, I think. Okay, clearly 2022, the Republicans are taking the House and there's a very good chance that they take back the Senate. And then we're basically in the same position that we were under Obama, where absolutely nothing gets done. But then I listen to conservative talk radio, Dan Bongino taking over for Rush Limbaugh. He's going to be in that three hour time slot. So I'm listening to the Dan Bongino show and this guy has his head so far up Donald Trump's ass. It's completely fucking ridiculous. Like really? We're still working on the, the whole, like Donald Trump is the answer in 2024 premise. And again, you know, going back, we talked about this not even a month ago. It is time, you know, move the want, fuck on. If you want to continue. Okay. Trump laid some groundwork here. He's going to help us move it, but it's time to pivot away from him because it is not helping grow this party at all. It's going to continue to divide you and I, we threw out a list of names of people that actually are more marketable that are going to fulfill that leadership spot in a greater magnitude that can unite, who can build a bridge. And they continue to go back to, you know, to beating that same horse because it's simply, it's, it's entertainment and that's what it's generating for them. What do you make of Trump starting the social media network story? What would we say? Day one, day one of the relaunch. What yeah. did we talk about? 
Yeah, I, I. But now that it's becoming a reality, I'm I'm just seeing all these potential problems because basically then what you're going to have, you're going to have a left echo chamber. You're going to have a right echo chamber and it's just thing. Nothing's going to change. Like everything is going to remain exactly the way it is now. Everything is going to remain 50 50 because if you're not talking to the other side, if you are not open minded enough to be persuaded to the other side, then we're just stuck with what the fuck we have, right? We're stuck at 50-50. If, if, if I'm talking to a hardcore liberal, I can get them to agree to certain things. I can get them to agree to certain principles and they can explain their position to me. And if I'm open-minded enough, I can look at their principles and at least I understand where the fuck they're coming from. There's not even going to be a dialogue anymore. At least you can get to a center talking point where we you can regroup and say, okay, let's start branching off into this. You know, I, I have some great conversations with my aunt Sandy, who is, is ultra liberal and, and we will, we come at it full force. We're going to two bulls going to lock horns, but we understand and there's more to it. We understand not, not only are we family, but we're both people have to live in this world. And we have to understand that there are other sides here. Now, Jargo, let me, let me ask you here. Is Trump at this point so entirely full of himself that when he, if he would launch a, cert, a platform like this, would they handcuff the left? Or is he smart enough? Does he have the business, the business sense to realize that you need a platform where everyone can truly have a voice here. The problem is you have to have some kind of federation. Okay. And, and the reason that I say that, do you remember the story? This was a couple of years ago, hell, maybe even upwards of five years ago now where Microsoft had developed an artificial intelligence Twitter account. So he, it was just like responding to whatever was being put out into the universe. And it took, yeah, it was, it was pretty much picking up the hot trends and, and right. pretty much just giving generic responses and right. And, and it took all of about 24 hours before it basically was a, a full blown fucking Nazi because of all the propaganda that was currently on the internet and they had to shut the thing down. And it was a complete little fucking bitch. Like it was, it, it had become like a sarcastic Nazi. Nazi from hell and it took like 24 hours. Oh, it's a little shout out there. You know, at the top of the show, we got, always get MSG. Have you ever seen the, the South park with I am funny bot? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. You know, it's just where he's just like taking in all the comedy aspects of all the great comedians. And it took over the whole industry. And the whole point was that he would make comedy so obsolete that it finally he would tell the last joke and self-destruct and kill humanity. It was the, it was the final solution. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely insane. It's absolutely. And do you know, what? I, I saw it inside of the world of professional wrestling over the course of the last week, right? It's, it's been long enough. I can talk about this. I'll have a, a full coverage on Destino later on this week. Um, as I'm joined by pause from the two man power trip to talk about the new Japan cup semifinals and finals. So Will Ospreay wins the new Japan cup, right? 25 minute match with Shingo. They go out, they just tear the fucking house down. 
But all anybody's talking about is after the match when Osprey is facing off with Ibushi because now he, he holds the right to challenge for the title. And he gives B Priestley a fucking os cutter. Right. And then he's basically says, if I'll do that to her, imagine what I'm going to do to you. Cuts this great fucking promo. And I'm just looking at the difference on like Twitter, Facebook, watching fans respond to this. And the Japanese are just like, oh, that dastardly Osprey. I can't believe that he did that. And they're just outraged inside of the pro wrestling storyline because, you know, it's like you're watching a TV show and they're actually invested in what's going on. And now they want to see Kota Ibushi beat Will Ospreay's ass because Will Ospreay is a dickhead who just gave his girlfriend an os cutter. The American fans, by comparison, come back and say, oh my God, I can't believe that New Japan Pro Wrestling endorses domestic violence against women, and now they're pushing Will Ospreay into a main event spot. Like, we need to cancel New Japan Pro Wrestling, cancel Will Ospreay. B. Priestley cut a killer promo yesterday at a press conference where she's like, you know what, basically, how about fuck you? I'm a professional wrestler, and I'm doing professional wrestler things. It was absolutely fantastic. But just looking at the difference in the two cultures. Good for her. Good for her to stand up to this thing. This is, and especially, you know, if you want to make those strides where, you know, people are talking about intergender wrestling, you're going to have something like that. You get away right? from this floor routine. This professional wrestling is is at its absolute greatest when it can invoke those deepest emotions. Hell, I'm not going to say any names. Here. I don't want to expose the business, but you know, as talked about regularly, uh, Beast and I, we're working with a promotion here in mid-Ohio, and we're filling out, you know, the, the talent roster. And the concept there is we want that old school feel. We're, we're getting away from these floor routines. You're not going to see the same spots, the 20-minute match after 20-minute match. It's going to be classic style. It's going to feel a little bit more like the territory stuff. So inside of that, we're looking at these guys. We're like, we're talking about characters and getting heat. So I approached one of our guys and I wanted to make him a border agent. Nice. Who who would go out there and and harass our luchadors because you know we don't we're going to advertise that high flying. We're going to have that lucha we're going to advertise luchadors. The guys under the hoods. And then in well and inside of that, you know, our our marketing genius you get a guy out there chasing them. He's like, oh, I'm going to throw everybody out of here that's going to wear a mask. If I see anyone around, well, also over at our merch stand, we got about 40, a selection of 40 masks for those kids. God damn right. That are, that are going to want, they're going to want this because you got this big, bad bully up there. They're going to rally behind our luchadors and all this. So I'm laying this entire thing out. I said, man, think of like Big Boss, man, but in a modern day where you're a border agent. Right. And you got these high flyers, and it's and it scared him. Well, I don't know, dude. What kind of backlash? You know, I work other promotions under different names. I said, I said, I said, dude, in a pro wrestling context, you'll be fine here. It's so insane I, that we even have to talk about that. Like, isn't the idea to get heat? Isn't the idea to like, you know, make people want to actually pay their hard earned money to see you get beat up? Isn't that kind of the fucking point? Yeah. Hey, hey, you know what, though? My, my biggest fear was with that thing, though. And I'll be able to be honest. You got to know your demographic. You got to know your marketplace. Oh, clearly. We, we are in the middle of Ohio. 
we're going to be in what was and largely still is truck country, God's country. I'm sitting there thinking about this border agent guy wanting to be this huge heel, you know, get up that heat, drive mass sales. Oh, you I, don't, you don't want him to by turn. The end of the night. No, by the end of the night, I was like, he might be the biggest baby in the company. Yeah, you don't want him to turn. Yeah, <laughs> right? no, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. You got, I, know your it, audience, Huckleberry. It, right. So uh, by the, that's what got me off of it. I'm like, damn, by the end of the night, he might be the biggest baby in the company. I'm, he might be bigger than Hulk Hogan. And then, yeah, and, and, and then you have a real problem. You know, because yes. th then you're getting real media coverage. Look well, at yeah, all because, these racist yeah, assholes. Then I just put heat on the good people of Green. <laughs> right. <laughs> then we got CNN showing up outside of our next show talking about it. Oh, <laughs> my God. God. I've, I've rallied the entire this little blue collar town in the middle of Ohio. They're going out committing hate crimes. Well, you know, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Controversy creates cash, you know. Fuck. Maybe, man. Maybe. All right, let's take a break. The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, the A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, the two-man power trip, and now Angelina Love in Velvet Sky, the beautiful people. Search for all of our HMG brand management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Greek God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey, bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted, Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV fitness foodie experience, visit zorosoliveoil.com. Zorro's ultra premium Extra virgin olive oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit ZordosOliveOil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16-week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com. Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on Podbeam.com and visit Patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. Back for HTM Sports as we wrap up the shoot. Uh... There's an NCAA tournament going on. How about that? Have you watched? Wow, really? Have you watched any of it? Because I have not. Well, you, you know, as we were talking at the top of the show, there a lot of relaxing during the during the early rounds of the tournament here. I got to tell you, and I, I was hoping you were going to bring this up here because I think there's some uh, some deeper issues. And I looked at some of these numbers; their numbers are down on this thing. 
Well, numbers uh, they, are down on everything, which is hilarious. People are stuck at home and, and all numbers well, are in the well, toilet. And they're struggling as well. And what's really got me here, you would think, you know, a return to, to normalcy on this thing. We got March Madness back. We didn't have it last year. That was one of the things we didn't get in any fashion. They t- and it was one of the first things they took away. Right. They shut everything down right there around the start of the tournament. Yep. People were hot about that because they're used to their routine. Now, I know that everything's been a little bit shifted. The, the week, the game days are a little bit off, which I think hurt a little bit here. But what really surprised me, and I'll give it to the Biden administration. They, they finally, when they got this $1,400, they released it to most of the people on the opening round of the tournament in St. Patty's Day. So do you think that that, that money was responsibly used, Jargo? Nope. <laughs> but you, nope. you think you would see maybe a boom in spending outwards. And, you know, from the, the sample group that I have here, you did not see that. There just wasn't that interest. And, you know, me personally, I got to tell you that I watched a little bit more of the second round because I made myself. But I really had forgotten about it. And I actually was kind of just flipping around. And it was between – I was waiting on – something to, you know, something that ended waiting on something else to come on. So like, you know what? I'll watch a little bit of the damn tournament. My stupid ass. I watched like five minutes of the tournament. I realized I wasn't even watching the right tournament. I was watching the NIT. Oh my God. Fantastic. Well, it, but I think, you know, a lot of that, the problem here is you regularly hear all about the Cinderella, the underdog, how everyone loves it wrong. And that is historically proven by the ratings. If you have that little team, even just that one little team that's making it to the 16, to the 8, they'll be some of the lowest rated of those games. The people want to see those traditional powerhouses. And when you don't have a Duke, you don't have a Kentucky, even your, even like teams like North Carolina and them that are middle of the pack going out early, no one's sticking around for, for Oral Robinson. I guess the thing about the tournament that I find intriguing is – the Big Ten at one point had, I think, six teams in like the top ten, three teams in like the top five. Um, what the hell happened to the Big Ten? It, like, is the Big Ten such a grind at this point that getting through the Big Ten it just beats you up so badly that come tournament time they just go out there and lay an egg or what? Because what we're we're down to what Michigan? That's it. Yeah. It- you know, I mentioned something to you last night. I was I was having a conversation with my son Jacob, and I think of this really what we talked about maybe applies to you know what we saw from the Big Ten here. And think about in football, Big Ten had some of the toughest testing when it came to COVID. And as I'm talking to Jacob, Jacob happens to play college basketball himself, and they lost their postseason because their coach had COVID. Other players had tested, and they hadn't really been in contact for three days because they had a break. But still, at that point, they, you know, they quarantined everyone. They had lost their postseason. And, I'm, you know, I'm asking – and you can tell when you talk to him. It hurts. I mean, this was his senior year, something special. They only got to play 12 games. They were 10-2. and two. They were really good. They're going to – they were hoping to see some hardware. Looking, you know, whatever, you know, how they were going to restructure the D3 tournaments and all that. They were hoping to win some, some gold. And – he said, you just don't understand every day, you know, people just look at it as, well, you're just getting tested. You know, you're, you're you still go to class and all this. It's, it's every day, the eyes that are on you at that university, the constant testing, what moves are you making? When do you go just even to go to the shower? When are you in the mess hall? When are you in the gym? Everything that, I mean, it just takes its mental and physical toll on you. And, and I think 
And when you up that tough testing like you had in the Big Ten, I think it just wore on these athletes. I just I can't believe how many of the Big Ten teams just went out and laid an absolute egg going into the tournament. I mean, didn't they even make it to the Sweet 16? I mean, Iowa didn't surprise me. Iowa actually made it further than I thought they would. I thought Grand Canyon might get them because they got that seven foot three guy. And then Iowa just started shooting lights out from three. That's the only reason they won that game. But then they go out and get beat. Oregon. Do you, do you think, too, when we're talking about college sports, that we're getting a trickle-down effect because professional sports have, have at, currently have left such a sour taste in, in the mouth of, and let's be honest, that regular viewer, the ones that actually support those leagues, and especially the NBA, how so many individuals that you have that sour taste that it's that trickle down. Like I'm just done with basketball. Yeah. And it's sad because there's a lot of good stuff going on in the NBA. You know what I mean? But we're at this point now where we're playing a shortened season, but we're still like in the dog days of the fucking season where like nobody cares. I've got a buddy of mine who has basically become a professional gambler over the course of the pandemic because that's all he really can do. And he keeps telling me that like NBA should stand for never betting again. And I'm like, dude, the problem is you're betting on a regular season game on a Wednesday night in fucking January. Like the players don't give a shit because they're playing this enormous schedule. There's some really good basketball out there. There is some really bad basketball out there. But even playing a shortened schedule, you just can't get fans into it because it's just it's a slog getting through that entire season. I can see that. I, you know, I think it, it, so many people just don't even want to work their way through it. it looks, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that to see if we see that boost as we get towards those playoffs. But I think well, you know, it's it's baseball in June. I, I get you there, but there's still, I think, that turnoff still from the political backlash. Well, it, it, we can't ignore that. But I feel like that's just a whole other aspect of it but i mean like even like the diehard fans like, I, I like myself dom, i think it's the dominant aspect of it well but i i feel like there's there are still fans like myself that like i love the nba there's there's very few things i would rather watch on television than the nba if there's anybody playing that i give a rat's ass about because the nba is more of a star league than any other professional sport at this point but without fans being there, I feel like I'm watching a bunch of scrimmages. Some of the basketball has just plain not been very good unless you're watching the top echelon of teams just because of the way that the league is formatted well, at this point. You get into the East, so you're talking about the top teams. I mean, half of that field isn't even playoff worthy. Right, exactly. You know, So there's only a, a handful of teams that I want to watch to begin with. But with the pandemic and the lack of fans and everything, like I'm not even watching the NBA right now. I feel like that's the problem is the people that really religiously do watch the NBA. We're not even watching right now because it just sucks without fans and whatnot in there making noise without that energy, without that, that, that give and take from the players and the fans. It's just all the games feel flat. Yeah, let's look at these bigger pictures as well. And it, I'm just kind of just kind of staring off it into, you know, Fox News, not, not Fox News, but FS1 News yesterday. 
sports in general right now, I mean, we regularly talk about how how over-occupied and, and paranoid people are about a simple $1,400 check. Because, it, and in honest, I mean, th- there is that need there. People are worried about, you know, are they going to have a job? How are they going to pay their bills, put food on the table? If you're a small business owner, how long are your doors going to stay open? Is there going to be any relief packages for you? And as you sit there, and, and especially in the NFL right now, as we package everything together, what are you continually seeing? Monster record deals, and especially to middle-of-the-pack talent. I mean, where is – I mean, there's a disconnect there. You continue to see that where you really have people struggling right now, and now these guys are getting their ultimate paydays? Do you like Chinese food? Uh, Yeah, George likes his chicken spicy. Okay. I feel like it, uh, sports right now is kind of like Chinese food, where it's like you, you haven't had it for, you know, six months, something like that, and you're just – you got that craving. You're dying for Chinese food, right? And so you sit down and you talk to your husband or your wife and you're like, you know what, honey? I, I, I think it's time. I think it's time we have Chinese food. And you're expecting like, she's like, yeah, I'll grab it on the way home, right? And you're like, fuck yeah. She's going to grab Chinese. And then she shows up and she's got like Panda Express that she got at one o'clock in the afternoon. And it's now like seven 30 at night. It's like, I wanted Chinese, but I didn't want it like this. I wanted like good Chinese. That's where I'm at with sports right now. Like we didn't have any sports. Everybody's dying for sports to come back. We got to get sports back. Sports is that uniting thing. And then we got sports back and it was like, well, they, not like this. This isn't what I want. I just want fucking, you know. Like, yeah, I thought you, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go with. Yeah, it, it hits the spot there for a little bit, but then it sits in the fridge for a couple of days and you throw it in the trash. Yeah, way too much of it. I mean, it's just. I wanted good sports back. Not not this shit. What, you what know is the, what is the Jargo go to Chinese order? Um, I'm I'm. Typically, I go with chicken, right? I either go with cashew chicken or I'll go with orange chicken. Those are kind of my two go-tos. Um, Carly is all over the place, man. Like She's like all eating with chopsticks and shit, and I'm like, give me a fucking fork. I'm yeah. still a goddamn American. I, I know it's Chinese. I'm American. I'll eat <laughs> right? fork. I don't uh, want to culturally appropriate. I'm not learning how to use chopsticks because I don't want to be racist. That's my new excuse. There you go. I mean, you don't want to. That's just another thing the white man's trying to take. Yep, exactly. I, I got to go with the it, it, in traditional. And it might change now. I might have to rethink things. But uh, the traditional RVV fitness Chinese go to. You got to go with some general towels. You, you got to get. You got to go hot and spicy on that damn thing. A couple of egg rolls. I'll do some variation. Maybe I'd like the shrimp. I do like a shrimp and then like a, a beef egg roll, something like that. Got to get two of those. And you know, a lot of people, they don't, they're not a fan of it. Now, I like the fried rice, but I prefer the white rice. I typically go with white rice too. And then what I do with it though, is I fucking load it up with that hot mustard. Ooh. Huh. And it, it, it burns baby. Oh, I bet. I bet. That hot mustard. I, I don't like the other sauces. That hot mustard, the I don't like to talk in the soy. That hot mustard is the is the spot. 
Although it's like you're robbing a bank if you try to get out of there with more than three packets. So, but you know, if if I'm going to a new Chinese place, like a new place, never been there before, when I the first time that I go in, I'm getting an order of crab meat ragoons, and that's it. And I will judge a Chinese place off of the quality of their crab meat ragoons. Every now and then, I'm feeling a little, uh, a little brandy. I'll go with the. Uh... The ribs on a stick. My, my grandpa always had this theory, and it's true, that the first time that you go into a restaurant, when you first sit down, order just coffee. And w- when you try the coffee, and if they make shitty coffee, there's nothing else in that restaurant that you want to eat. Right? That I apply that to Chinese as well. Of course, when I'm going for Chinese, I don't typically have coffee. But if you can't make a crab meat ragoon right, then I don't want anything else that you're serving. First time in a Chinese restaurant, just crab meat ragoons. There you go. Words of wisdom from the generations of the Jargos. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then visit the platform that you may not be listening to, whether it be the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, Hameen Media online, hackerhameen.podbean.com, hameenmediagroup.podbean.com, which you... Two different feats. We got that much freaking content going on over there at Hameen Media. And man, you know what? HTM... I tell you, I've been uploading all the HTM stuff here lately. That's getting to be a chore, too, because we've got a bunch of shows over there, too, and they're all awesome, and you should be listening to those as well. Um, I am going to have a new project coming up that uh, I I will be telling everybody about in the immediate future. Um, But for all things Jargo, check this out, Huckleberry. For all things Jargo, all you got to do now, michaeljargo.com. Boom. Wow, there you go, there you go. Because I'm a motherfucking doctor and shit. So if, you, if you're looking for the inside scoop of what's going on, official so website, that, I mean, michaeljargo.com. You get everything there. You get, you get all, all the podcasting. Destino, the, uh, Hameen Media, Hitting the Marks, everything. The, the top 10? The top t- 10 of the day? The top 10 is being posted over at michaeljargo.com. So Maybe some uh, listening, listening suggestions, sports takes, whatever it might be. Whatever's in the mind. Of Michael Jargo, Dr. Yeah. Michael Jargo. Yeah, it's going to be uh, some some interesting shit going on. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Big announcements coming soon. This is an announcement of an announcement regarding a future announcement. Huckleberry, what do you got going on? You, you kind of you lost me there. <laughs> like a paradigm shift or some shit. Uh, no, but I, I do have a little bit of announcement myself here, and I know you know that we we are worldwide, and we have such a wide reach, and it be on the HMG or the Hitting the Marks podcast. Uh, but there was something a little more localized, personalized to my heart, uh, a true passion project, getting ready to launch, uh, just a little bit behind, but the the first episode almost edited down. It's going to be hot, hot and ready to go tomorrow. It is Podcast Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to be focusing on it. Anyone that's been with us on this journey knows how proud I am to be from Ohio and especially to be from the Southern Ohio area. Uh, so it's, it's going to be about all, it's going to be about the, the people, the places, the headlines, the happenings all around the greater Cincinnati Tri-State, which is very diverse. I mean, we're going into Kentucky, Indiana, into Ohio. And you really have this melting pot of all these different cultures. We're going to, as I said, you know, we're going to be talking to some hometown heroes. We're going to be talking sports on there. Not from the area, looking to come visit. We're going to be hitting all the hot spots. And of course, we're going to be talking a lot of food. 
So I'm very, very much looking forward to that. Looking forward to get back at it. Uh, hitting the Monday locker room. Looking to get back in there with Ben. Hopefully Beast. Uh, and everything else and just kind of back to my major responsibilities with the HMG. Make sure that you're following Hami Media Group across all social media. Just look for the Hami Media Group. Head on over to Facebook. Jump in the conversation. Um, Hami Media Group. What is it? The Hami Media Live. Is it with live discussion group or discussion group? Hami Media Discussion Group. That's what it is. So I'm getting forgetful there. Uh, but me personally, just keep up with me at the Real RBV. We will be back to our, our regularly scheduled bullshit next week as we uh, tackle all of the bullshit going on in the media and the way that they are presenting it. We hope that you have kind of enjoyed this shoot episode. I know that it was uh, it was good for me. It's good to have you back, Huckleberry. Don't do that shit anymore. Are, are we going to be doing any uh, here on HTM? Are we going to be doing any WrestleMania stuff? Man. Nah. Well, I know, you know, we're going to have national championships for HTM Sports. We're, we're going to have probably for, you know, weekend updates. Easter's right around the corner. We'll be talking about those plans. you got opening days in baseball coming up. We're still, what, two weeks from WrestleMania? Next Monday will be the, be the go-home, correct, or no? No, we're two weeks out. Yeah, it's the, what, 10th and 11th? Yeah. But they've got, but they've got that, inc- like that entire week. There's something going on. Starting Monday with Raw. you got the Hall of Fame on Tuesday. NXT Wednesday, Thursday. You got a double dip of NXT because you got the UK going at it on Thursday. Then you got SmackDown, and then you've got the two nights of wrestling. Yay, more content. Woo! Yeah, we'll probably do something. But well, I'm just wondering, you know, cause maybe maybe what we'll be talking about at WrestleMania is finally the races have come together as is Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil, your host of WrestleMania, open up open up the show with an incredible rendition of Ebony and Ivory. That's a rip. Who is that a rip on? Is that a rib on Hogan? Is that a rib on Titus? Is that a rib on the fans? Is that a rib on cancel culture? Like, who do you think that's actually a rib on? In, in Vince's mind. I don't even know Vince. Does Vince know what the hell's going on? Uh, to me, the bigger the bigger question is not who, what, when, what. Maybe it's why. Why do we even have a, a host of WrestleMania? What's what? Where else do we? Where else do we have? This is the host of of the Super Bowl. <laughs> Just oh, it's, Who, who's hosting the national championship game? Uh, CBS, I think. <laughs> uh, what is that? Uh, Caucasians, <laughs> waxed, and S- Samoans. Because we got to get them in there now, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's all about diversity. All about diversity. We'll talk to you next week. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. Watch your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. You bad guy. Your kind, break the couple's that go stuck in down this.